1: Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to the NA LCS Week 3 Guest the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. It is a very exciting time to be watching the North American LCS. We saw a few teams step up in a huge way last week. We saw a few teams completely fall apart last week, and we saw a few teams kind of come back down to earth. It's really given us a really nice microcosm of, of where this split seems to be headed. And I'm very much looking forward to breaking it down with my good friend and fellow contributor at Slingshot Esports, Walter C80s fetchuck Walter, how you doing, man?
0: T-S-M. T-S-M.
1: T-S-M. 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 Okay, okay, I'll stop. That- They're the greatest men right now. They are at the top of the standings. And you know what? We're at the top of the standings of giving you guys free money as far as I'm concerned. We went 2-1 on our smart money bets last week. We had TSM, TSM, TSM over Immortals at minus 105. We had Envious at plus 105 over Apex. The only one that didn't come through, I thought we were going to get a bounce back week for CLG over Cloud9. We did not. So we still made you guys. $100 of profit, which gives you guys $375 of profit overall if you bet on all of the smart money bets we've been throwing out there. That's free money, people. We give it out to you guys every week. You got to take advantage of it. Just listening to the podcast here is a great way to start. And let's start this podcast by talking about a very interesting series Cloud9 versus TSM. Obviously, TSM had an incredible series of games last week. But Walter, before we get into all the things TSM did right, I know you've been itching for this rant ever since you were live tweeting about it on Sunday. What did you think of TSM's pick and ban phase against Immortals? So Parth,
0: dude, I gotta I gotta talk with you because you really got saved, I think, in this in this series, in this game three. You guys played really, really well. Bjergsen showed that zillion can be a carry champion. Who to thunk and double lift teams are gonna keep letting him play Lucian, whether he's nerfed or not. He's still really, really good at the champion. But dog, like let's be honest, real quick, why on earth do you think Maokai and Swain are good champions into Aurelia? Like let's just think about this for a second. They're gonna chip away at the Aurelia, and the Aurelia has a gap closer onto these two champions that don't have any way to escape from her. And she deals true damage. And she's gonna kill them. Like, over and over again. And you gave up first bloods on the Maokai and on this. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that you guys just played really, really well as a team and really were really well coordinated against this pick, you were you were like one more kill away from Hooney, just totally snowballing this Aurelia pick, and you would have had nothing to deal with it. So your players bailed you out on this. But, man, that's really stupid. It's, like, really stupid when in Game 2, Aurelia just ripped you guys apart, that you go into Game 3 and go, I'm okay with them taking Aurelia. Let's pick another immobile, like, tank mage. That sounds like a great idea. And I guess it worked out in the end, but it didn't work out at the beginning, and he really had control over this, and your team really, really bailed you out. So... Let's seize up on this dude. Let's not try and, like, you know, bank on the fact that our team is the best in North America talent-wise. Let's actually, like, give him a little help in the pick-ban phase like he did in the first series because Haunters is the best top laner in North America. Set him up to succeed. Don't put him in bad laning matchups. Like, come on, dude. Let's be real.
1: It's just one of those situations where they took Trundle into Aurelia in game one and they won that game in 26 minutes. It's the exact right way to deal with Aurelia. And I don't know what changed between game one and game two that made them completely alter their tactics. Maokai was picked into Aurelia in game two. Aurelia was last rotation. Maokai was the final pick. They could have chosen any top laner they wanted, including, by the way, the trundle that had just destroyed Aurelia in the previous game. And they just didn't do it. And as you said, I didn't think it made much sense either. I think in game three, it was a little bit more forgivable because you have the Zillion there and the Zillion just does such a beautiful job of neutralizing some of Aurelia's burst damage as a top laner. It's like, sure, maybe she catches you out and maybe she tries to, to bring down a Swain that has so much sustain, but guess what? Then Swain's back and he's still got a ton of sustain and you've still got to deal with it somehow. So game three didn't bother me as much as it bothered you but game two was just very weird. It was like he completely forgot how he did the right thing literally a game beforehand but outside of that small grievance, how good is TSM really? is this just a matter of you know some of these other teams are figuring it out or is TSM taken that much of a step forward?
0: I'm, I'm gonna be a crazy TSM fan for a second. Biofrost is the greatest support we've ever had.
1: Lustboy is shaking his head sadly right now. I just want you to know. After getting you guys to uh, the quarterfinals of a world championship. I can't see him now, so. <laughs> I, 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 Honestly, though,
0: Biofrost has been amazing. And he mm-hmm. was as much a catalyst for that victory in Game 3 against Immortals as anyone was on that team. His bard ultimates were on point, And I feel awful that I totally underestimated. I legitimately feel awful that I was so scared he was going to turn into another Glebe, and I was so worried. I feel awful because the dude has just been on fire. He has excelled. He has been great. Him and Doublelift are absolutely controlling laning phases and controlling when they have 2v2 matchups. They put Stixay and aframu to shame back in week one, and they did the same thing this week to Adrian and Wild Turtle. They just didn't look good. But I also don't think Immortals really put them into a position to succeed with, like, the Ash pick. I don't think that was incredibly smart. Bjergsen's been playing out of his mind. Svenskeren's been playing out of his mind. Like I said earlier, Haunters is the best top laner in North America. No one can tell me anything otherwise. He has been excellent. The team is just clicking on all cylinders. And this looks like the best team in the West. This looks like a team that easily could have beaten the CLG roster that went to MSI. And from the limited amount of watching in Korea and China that I've done this season,
1: they look like they can compete with some teams not named SKT. Yeah, I have to say, Biofrost looks really freaking good. He has somehow managed to get 107 assists right now, which puts him at second in the league behind only Adrian, who, by the way, has played two more games than him. That's incredible. And the scary part is, he's still got room to improve, the guy is eighth in the league in terms of words placed per minute amongst supports that have played five or more games. If that improves, that's going to get downright terrifying. Just imagine him when he's getting all of this vision for his team. And by the way, he also leads the league in words cleared per minute, which is something that you don't necessarily think of when you think of Biofrost just because he has been this lane bully that's matched up so well in setting up double f for those plays. But he has also been a huge vision denier. If he could start getting vision the same way he's denying it, I don't know what you do against TSM at that point. Then you start getting downright terrifying in how they're approaching this. And as you've mentioned, I don't know what you do if you're a team trying to attack TSM right now. I certainly don't know what Cloud9 does, who, and we'll get to this later on in the show, but really had some issues so far this season. Walter... Where do you think the line ends up for this first matchup here?
0: I have TSM at minus 250.
1: Okay, you get this one. I went a little bit too low. I said minus 220 because I believe in the cloud nine effect that usually happens with some of these gambling lines. It is TSM minus 286, which I think is absolutely reasonable.
0: I am not gambling against TSM until I see some form of weakness from them. And other than the little hiccup in the pick-ban phase that Immortals was able to take advantage of in that game too, they have looked nearly flawless. Sure, there's been some positioning mistakes over the course of games, but there has not been something so debilitating as Yellowstar was last split. And despite that, despite how poorly they played at times during the second half of the regular season, they did end up the second best team in North America at the end. They were in the finals, and they did take CLG to a a best-of-five series, two-game five. Right now, they look unstoppable. They look as strong as Immortals looked last split. And until someone really shows up and challenges them, or they start to fall off, I am not comfortable gambling against them, period. I don't care what the odds are.
1: Let me put this in some numbers that are going to be downright terrifying for people that hope to knock off TSM anytime soon. They have the second highest team KDA, just barely behind cloud nine cloud nine have played two more games and they've gotten away with it by just dying much less frequently. uh, Not because they're getting more kills or anything like that. Uh, The dragon percentage highest in the league, early game rating highest in the league gold differential at 15 minutes highest in the league, by a good 300 points cloud nine has actually done amazingly well when you look at the statistics when you look at just gold differential and and getting some of those kills but they have not had the same amount of objective control and when you're looking at how you're going to beat tsm if you can't control the objectives then you have to overpower them and good luck with that right now i just don't see any team doing that as good as cloud nine has looked and we'll Getting into some of the ups and downs with them later on. But we're going to move on right now to Team Liquid versus Phoenix 1. Phoenix 1 won a game this week, Walter. Does this matter? Do we care?
0: No, it doesn't matter. They looked okay, but that was more. I spent that entire series when I was watching the VODs. the game that Phoenix 1 won, with my head in my hand going, I know Phoenix 1 won this game, but how the hell did Cloud9 lose it? How the hell did they lose it? (laughs) and a couple of Ms. Barons where they just messed up the Baron call, and, yep, that'll do it. Welcome to the LCS, Dignitas. I, There we go. You can take Dignitas out of the LCS, but you can't take the LCS out of Dignitas. It was way more about C9 throwing away the leads that they had, and, and granted, Phoenix 1 was able to capitalize on them, but, nah, that doesn't matter to me. They're still the worst team in the LCS.
1: Yeah, I think that's reasonable, and, by the way, Losing Sentinel to bring in Inori, I understand that there's a little bit of hype around Inori. I don't personally understand the hype around Inori. I'm still waiting to hear why Slushi is playing AD carry right now. Because we already discovered that Pyrian is not a particularly great mid laner. Slushi was doing a better job in that particular role, at least from a statistical perspective. And suddenly MASH just isn't playing, and Phoenix1 hasn't said anything about it. so. I just consider that team to be a cluster of a team. I have no idea what's going on with them. I also am not 100% sure I know what's going on with Team Liquid, though. This is a team that we were really expecting Dardoch to make a step forward and, and, and turn the team around, and while Dardoch looked great, the rest of the team had some issues in that CLG series. Walter, what are they missing to return to form here? I think they're just
0: getting used to playing with each other again. I think this is the one time, the one series that Darshan actually showed that he's any good over the course of the split. I think Phoenix has definitely hit a wall. He's not playing very well. Um, And Piglet, he's not having a lot of success on either type of AD carry, whether it's utility or... Uh, whether it's like hard style carry, like it's Lucian or a, a Caitlyn. So we'll see. I have faith that they'll figure it out. But at this point, we're already hitting week three. And if it's taking you four series to really get back into your own, you're really going to have to catch up a lot of ground when you consider the fact that Team Liquid is in that like seven spot with Echo Fox right now, where they're on the outside looking in and the teams above them, Apex Gaming is looking much better. Envious is looking much better energy is okay they kind of cheesed away i think a series away from echo fox so right now i'm waiting to see if liquid and clg are able to bounce back and if it's just too much of a gap for them to even get back into like argument for the top two like these guys are probably going to be playing in that quarterfinal matchup if they do make the playoffs
1: yeah well i gotta be honest with you there's an easy way to fix some of these issues And it would be for Matt to play like the guy that he was last split. Matt has died 31 times this split. That is the second most amongst all supports. And he did it in nine games, uh, which is kind of crazy when you think about, in comparison, Adrian's played 11 games and died four fewer times while getting way more assists than Matt has been able to get. He is fifth in words placed per minute and words cleared per minute. This is a concern. He's just not doing as much for the team as he was before. And honestly, so much of that team runs through their bot lane that they cannot afford to have their support playing off their game. They need Piglet to be this force that can card carry them and take them over teams like CLG that are struggling elsewhere. But when he can't be that guy, suddenly dardok has to go help out that lane, which means Phoenix is getting less help. It means Lorlo, who... Liquid, he can play carries. Stop putting him on tanks. The game you won against CLG, you put him on a rally, it worked great. And then you decided never to do that again for reasons that just make no sense to me. Let him carry. Let him be that guy. It seems to be the best version of Lorlo we're going to get. So certainly I think if Matt steps up and if they accept who they are as a team and actually build an identity around what they're capable of, I think Liquid can turn things around. Certainly a series against Phoenix 1 helps. Where do you think the line is, Walter?
0: I have Team Liquid at minus 350.
1: Okay, I get this one. I said minus 400. It is minus 625. Phoenix 1 is a bad League of Legends team. That's just how that goes.
0: I still think that's a little absurdly high because Team Liquid hasn't looked that great and Phoenix 1 has won a game, so there is potential for an upset. Um, but I don't
1: think it's very likely at all. That I still think it's a little high. I don't take Phoenix 1 at plus 400, but I will say that when you see the line against Apex, I'm going to start agreeing with what you just said there. But let's move on to a series that I'm fascinated by, which is Immortals versus Envious. Envious right now is the only other 4-0 team in the league, but they've done it with a strength of schedule that Allows for some reasonable questions. They've been Liquid, Phoenix One, NRG, and Apex, all of which are two and two or worse. This is their first real test. Walter, do you believe they're up to it?
0: See, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure how good this team really is. And like you said, Immortals is their first major test. And if they can succeed against Immortals and show something, then maybe they are as as good as advertised. But until they play a real League of Legends team, like an actual like really, really good, we know is good League of Legends team, like a TSM or like an Immortals or even like Cloud9, that 4-0 has an asterisk next to it. Like, let's not forget, they lost a game to both Apex and Energy, and Apex is a little bit better than we expected, but Energy looked terrible in Week 1 and has looked terrible in their losses. When they've lost games, they have looked awful. So I, I'm not sold on Envious being a top 3 or top 4 team in North America until I see them against the other 3 teams that are in
1: that top 4. Here's the argument for Envious. They have the third highest kill-to-death ratio amongst all teams in the North American LCS. They have the third highest gold differential at 15 minutes of all North American teams. They have done so without getting many first bloods at all. In fact, they are the worst team at securing first bloods, with only a 30% percentage of those right now. But their dragon control is ahead of everyone but TSM, 76% of dragons, and 65% of Barons, including 80% of first Barons. What they are at the end of the day, and whether you decide that's a good or bad thing, they are, this splits, Vitality, a team that just is very boring, just takes 40-plus minute games all the time, but wins through objective control. They don't have a whole bunch of flashy plays, even though they do a very good job of rotating and getting early objectives that get them gold leads early, but they tend to get those gold leads and just slowly and surely choke their opponent out until they can get the Baron that wins them the game. That is what Envious does. And on the one hand, I'm not sure that that's a sustainable way to play against a fast paced team like Immortals or God forbid, TSM. Uh, these are teams that are going to certainly pick up the pace significantly in a way that they haven't necessarily been challenged so far. But at the same time, they do a brilliant job of placing wards, clearing wards, setting up for objectives, securing them for the team, You know, making sure that everyone is around for all of these kills. Their kill participation numbers across the board are incredibly impressive. The lowest is 65.8%. Everyone else is 70% or above, including Haku who is involved in 80% of these kills because he has been roaming around like a madman. So there's a lot to like about this team. There are some things that you can say, regardless of the quality of their opponent, they are good at. But when you look at Immortals and how Immortals likes to play the game, what do you think Immortals is going to do to throw envious off and try to disrupt that you know, play style of, of playing for these objectives and spiraling it into the late game.
0: So it's not about throwing Envyus off. It's about Immortals playing to their strengths. And they've shown, you know, that they're willing to play Hooney in the carry. They're going to play him as a carry. And there are carry top laners that are strong right now. Aurelia works. Jax works. We've seen Olaf's in the top lane, even though that's more of a rainover over champion. So they're going to play to their bread and butter. And they're just going to keep saying, Hooney, go carry, buddy. Go be our carry. And what I would actually like to see is Wild Turtle be put on more of a carry role too, and not just playing like Ash. It just seems very odd to me that they're putting him on Ash. When they were successful last split with Pobelter on the Victors and ears, and Wild Turtle on more of a carry style. Get him on a Caitlyn, get him on a Lucian, get him on something that actually does some damage, so that when you do have these 4v4 skirmishes, you have some damage output, and it's not just all this utility and no damage when it comes to the the objective control it's really about using Huni to put a lot of pressure on the rest of the map forcing it to be 4v4s where you're getting you're making it basically a 50-50 smite for rainover or you're just going to take team fights and hope that Huni can either interrupt the TP or or kill the top laner outright for this series though like i said we haven't seen anything out of Envious for me to think that they're actually a really good team they haven't played any of the good teams so my line is immortals Minus 185.
1: Okay, you get this one. I said immortals minus 150 because I have more faith in Envious than you do. The actual line is immortals minus 303. I think that's a little high.
0: That's outrageously high. That is I get I get Envious is not played against any good teams,
1: but wow, they are 4-0 yeah wow that's and they're really good at objective control, which immortals showed that they struggle with when they played wow. tsm that's I, interesting i I don't get it that's envious plus two twenty that's, that's interesting, interesting to me throwing it out there <laughs> and hey, even if you think immortals is gonna win, if you think envious is gonna win a single map, you can get over two and a half maps right now at plus one fifteen I'm just saying we might come back to this game when the smart money bet section comes around that's that's basically the foreshadowing i'm giving here clg versus echo fox our second game on the saturday slate walter we saw clg finally secure a win over liquid though liquid is indeed struggling in their own right we also saw them get absolutely crushed by cloud nine what version of clg can we expect moving forward how are we here right now
0: (laughs) i have no clue i don't think clg has any clue The version that is successful of CLG is if they go back to what worked at the very beginning, and it's getting Darshan on split pushers. We're seeing the Aurelia is really strong right now. We're seeing that they pulled out the Jax and that worked. We're seeing Trundle's very strong. We're seeing even Fiora in a couple of places. People are pulling them out. I think that's what you have to go to, is you have to go to get Darshan on a split pusher and just hope that he can have enough influence over the entirety of the map that... It, it puts some of, it pulls some of the pressure off of your off your mid and your sol- and your bot lane. Um, that's kind of what it comes down to. but until Darshan really steps up, they're kind of sunk in the water. They've always relied on like having one star carry and building a team around them. And when Double if wasn't playing really well, it was a bad team. Now Darshan isn't playing very well and we're seeing that it's a very bad team.
1: It is one of those things where when you look at their series against Liquid, you can't help but wonder what would happen if Doko actually knew how to run pick and ban in this meta. Because when they put him on Aurelia, Lorlo crushed Darshan. It wasn't particularly close. They camped that lane. Darshan went 0-6-1 on Swain. Team Liquid won the game in under 28 minutes. It was a disaster for CLG. And then in the next two games, Liquid picked Maokai in the top lane. Third rotation, by the way, in both games. So they knew what was coming, or at least knew the possibility of what was coming. And they got crushed in both of those lanes. I just, to me, it's one of those things where I think what we learned is that if you let Darshan carry against you without putting up any sort of resistance, then yeah, CLG's going to do just fine. Darshan knows how to play Jax. He knows how to play Fizz. He is good at split-pushing top laners that can do a bunch of damage. But if you challenge him right now, the way that Impact challenged him in that Cloud9 series, I don't have as much faith in him as I feel like I should. That's just where we are right now. And it's one of those things where if CLG's going to get back to being the kind of team that can win a championship, they've got to get that hammered out. They've got to figure out a way to get him back to where he needs to be. And right now, it's just not there, And it's, it's it's a concern, because when you can't even rely on the SOAS style of play, when you've got Darshan on your team, you have problems. Luckily, their opponent, Echo Fox, seems to have a lot of problems of their own, uh, namely the fact that they don't seem to understand that Alawi is a champion that exists and has mechanics that you can play around. Walter, what do you think the line is for this game and what does that say more about CLG or Echo Fox
0: I have the line at CLG minus 225 and I think it says more about CLG
1: Okay, I was way too off on this one I said CLG minus 180 because I thought CLG's looked pretty bad recently and I you know Echo Fox is as poor as they've looked they've taken games off of team like Cloud9 Uh, Which CLG could not do. So I'm like, hey, you know, minus 180, that makes sense. CLG minus 303. I just don't feel like CLG should be favored over 300 on anybody, personally.
0: I mean, to be honest, I don't think Fox should be close to them. I think Fox has really shown, Echo Fox has really shown that they've had some problems and they're working through them as well. Um I guess this is still giving CLG a lot of credit for being the champions, not making any roster changes. And the casinos believe that they'll be able to turn this around. So I it's it seems a little disrespectful, but I don't think I'd take whatever Echo Fox's odds are here.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't take Echo Fox at plus 220 either. So I get it. I understand why the line is the way it is. But at the same time, at some point, we need to look at what CLG's been doing and say, do we trust them to put the odds at something like 75% of the time they're going to win this series? I don't know anymore. Against anyone other than Phoenix 1, I'm just not as confident as I want to be. But, you know, you make a very good point. Echo Fox ran their team back, and so far that has looked like the wrong decision. And certainly... When we get to their Sunday game, we're going to see just how bad of a decision the casinos think it really was. But let's move on. Liquid versus NRG. We talked about Liquid a little bit already, so let's talk about NRG here. Uh, This is an NRG team that did not look great in Week 1. They were able to get a 2-0 win over Echo Fox this week, but as we pointed out, that might not necessarily mean a lot given where Echo Fox is right now. But they also grabbed a win over Immortals. So, Walter, is this team improving, or is this a mirage in a scene of a lot of bigger struggles for NRG right now? I think when you're pulling a guy like Kwas, who hasn't
0: played professionally in at least six months, you got to give him some time. You really need to let him get re-acclimated to playing. Uh, Kiwi Kid and Santorin also have their issues that, you know, they've been inconsistent over the course of their career. You need to let them feel more comfortable with the team that's around them, with the coaching staff and everything. And even GBM and OQ, you know, they're again, they're playing with new teammates. They've only been playing together for, you know, maybe six to eight weeks at this point, you know, just under two months. This is definitely a a building team. This is definitely taking some veterans that have some upside that have some experience, putting them together, seeing what works, seeing what players stick together and actually will be successful, and and go from there. We have seen some rays of sunshine come through the clouds, a bit of energy out of this team, if you don't mind the pun. We've seen OQ play very, very well when he gets a lead, when he gets to go off and snowball. He is a very, very good AD carry. We've seen Quas at times demonstrate some of the abilities that we really wish that TL had allowed him to show in his ability to carry. We've seen Santorin make some incredible plays as a jungler in terms of his objective control, in terms of smite stealing. And we've seen GBM do GBM things on mages. Like, let's be honest, this team is going to grow. It's going to take some time. This team was not picked and was not built to be the number one contender for a North American championship day one. They realize this is a process and we need to trust in the coaching staff and the, the management staff that they're working towards something. And as long as they know what that goal is and they're moving towards it and it looks like the players are getting better, I think that's all we can really hope for for this team.
1: That's fair. And I will say that one of the things I like about this particular matchup for NRG is that the one shining light that there has been has been Santorin, who has looked incredible this split. He is the second highest KDA amongst all junglers. He has the highest kill participation amongst all junglers. He has the highest wards cleared per minute amongst all junglers, and he's top five in wards placed per minute as well. He has been doing everything for this team, including putting a significant amount of damage out. He's fourth in that, by the way, So, and only behind Shrimp by a single damage point, so probably not an overwhelmingly meaningful statistical difference between being t- fourth and third there. The guy's just been doing an incredible job and he's been stealing objectives and everything to boot. When you have a jungler that's able to make that kind of impact on the game, it matters. And given that that's been Liquid's MO right now, depending on Dardoch to be the guy going around making plays, it's really looking like we have two teams, both of which have potential stars both of which have had early season struggles, but both of whom have junglers that they can depend on in the long run. I think this series is going to tell us a lot about which one of these teams has the best chance to move forward and find their way as a middle-of-the-pack potential playoff team and which one's still got a lot of work to do before they get there. Walter, where do you think the line is here?
0: I have it at Team Liquid minus 250.
1: Okay, I get this one. I got it almost exactly. I said Team Liquid minus 150. It's minus 149. Wow. Yeah, look, I... I, Wow. Team Liquid's only won three games all season, and two of those were against Echo Fox. That matters. Wow. That's, um... That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about that, actually. I'll put it this way. It really hurts that I'm correct on this because I wanted NRG as a potential upset pick for our smart money bets. Because I think NRG can absolutely win this series. If Kwas stops playing Maokai, which has been an absolute sinkhole from them, and starts playing things like maybe, oh, I don't know, Swain, still waiting for that one, or if he can play Alawi the way that he did last week, granted... Echo Fox played very poorly around it, but he still clearly has a, you know, a strong enough command of the champion. I think that NRG could totally win this series, but at plus one fifteen, there's no value in that pick. So that's kind of a shame. But we're going to move on to a series that is also kind of a shame. Phoenix One versus Apex. One of these teams had an off week last week, but still at least has at least one Ray to win. The other team is Phoenix 1. Where do you think the line is, Walter?
0: I have the line Apex minus 185.
1: Ooh, buddy. Way too low. Way too low. I said Apex minus 400. It is Apex minus 455. Phoenix 1 isn't a good League of Legends team. I'm sorry. I do think it says a lot, though, that Team Liquid is getting better odds against Phoenix 1. Than Apex is, which let's just segue that into the next series Apex versus Cloud9. Apex went 2 0 last week. The hype was there. Everyone was so excited, raised this hard carry that's going to be this terrifying threat for weeks to come. And then they got absolutely smashed by TSM. And Apex managing to grab a game off of the Envious series, thanks to a Herculean effort by ray there on that jarvin walter how did they fall off so fast
0: i the tsm series is tsm is a really really good league of legends team the envious series i think is more of envious is a little bit better i think that was what we said going into it was this is going to tell us which of these teams is a better team because before week two i thought they were on pretty even ground and that's what that series showed us envious is a better team than apex i don't think apex is really bad I just think that when they don't get a carry effort out of Ray, when Ray is not the guy that's carrying the game, they have problems because Apollo is not a carry in the traditional sense and Keen is not a carry in the traditional sense. So you're putting a ton of pressure on Ray to succeed. And when he comes up against a top laner that is just as good as him mechanically and the jungler puts pressure on him, he can fall behind. And he has been falling behind in laning phase, which requires a Herculean effort to get him back into the game and get him snowballing. To be honest, out of all the games I watched last week, that game that they won with that full 80 Jarvan was the most hilarious game to watch. Because there were moments where Lod just disappeared. And (laughs) Hakuo just disappeared because Ray is like, I'm a full lady, Jarvin. I'm going to flag drag alts. Oh, you are dead. And they, they won a bunch of easy 5e4s, 5e3s, you know, these easy fights where he was able to do that. And the zillion combination with it was extremely, extremely effective because you couldn't blow up the Jarvin. So I don't think that says a, this week says a ton about Apex. I think it just confirms that they probably aren't a top four or five team and they're really now looking to solidify that spot as the sixth seed and fend off the energies, fend off potential surges
1: from Team Liquid and CLG. Uh, They're decent. They still got a little bit of work left to do. Well, here's the problem, right? We already talked about last week how this is a team that is built around letting Ray carry. They have Keen, who is a very supportive style mid laner. They have Apollo, who has been many things, but a hard-carrying 80 carry is not one of them. Shrimp is probably the closest they get to a secondary carry. And with the jungle, that's hard to do, especially when we have some hard-carry junglers out there who can do a really good job of attacking these kind of weaknesses when the pathing is so clear. And the problem with Ray that we mentioned last week is that his CS differential at 10 minutes is horrendous. It got a little bit better than last week, but not much. It's still negative 8.6. That is still the worst in the league. His goal differential at 10 minutes is the worst in the league. And the problem is that the numbers that were helping him out before, his earned gold per minute, he dropped from first amongst top laners to fourth. His damage per minute, he dropped from first to third. This is a concern. And Obviously, I'm not expecting him to be better than Hanser. I'm not necessarily even expecting him to be better than Hooney. But when you have a team that has one way to win, and that one way to win cannot win consistently, well, now you've got a problem. Now you've got a team that needs to find a second way to win, You know that secondary skill set that's going to carry them through. And the problem is that they're not a very good objective-level team. They're... And the bottom half of the LCS in terms of Dragon control and in terms of Baron control. That does not bode well for this team moving forward. They need to find a path. And you know what? The best path they have, they're controlling 55.1% of the jungle right now. Which just goes to show that Shrimp does have the potential to be a secondary carry but they've got to get Ray to a point where he can lane safely enough that Shrimp can take advantage of it, that Shrimp can use his time and resources to get Keen going, to get Apollo to a point where he's a strong team fighter. If they can do that, Apex gets scary again. Until then, I have big concerns. But let's talk about Cloud9 for a second before we go into the line here because I I mentioned before that I just have mixed feelings about this team, which feels weird, right? They took a 2-0 win over CLG. They got their 2-1 over Phoenix 1. What am, am I being too cynical, Walter? Am I looking too much into this loss to Phoenix 1? Or are there flaws here that put Cloud9 just a step below some of the top teams we're considering? I, I definitely think there are flaws with the team that place them
0: below the very tip-top of the teams, below the TSM, below the Immortals. They took a game off of Immortals. That's great. They 2-0 CLG. CLG is slumping and not playing very well. They lost a game to Echo Fox. They lost a game to Phoenix. There are definitely some decision-making issues inside of this team. And maybe that happens because they don't really have their set shot calling measures set up. They don't have high anymore. That's always been the big, once they lose high, what happens to the shot calling? Well, sometimes you mess up Barons and sometimes you lose games to Phoenix 1. It happens. They're going to figure it out. Impact's been playing pretty well. Jensen's been playing pretty well. Sneaky's been playing pretty well. Medios has been playing pretty well. Insert support here has been playing pretty well. I need to see from them someone, just one of them, elevate their play to now when they're contesting with the very best players in North America, which arguably all are on TSM. When that happens, very similar to what Jensen did for the majority of the last half of the split last spring then maybe I'll really seriously consider them, you know, a top two team. But I really need to see some elevated play from one or two of their players that goes above and beyond what they were doing.
1: Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. And to give Cloud9 credit where they're due, they have the second highest goal differential at 15 minutes. They have the third highest EGR amongst all teams in the league right now. And they have three of the top four highest KDAs in the league. Bunny Fufu's been great. Medios has been great. Sneaky has looked like he's on cloud nine with these new supports that have been playing Uh, so well uh, for him. uh, Yeah, you're welcome. You know you appreciate it. But here's the problem here. Their mid to late game rating is a .2. For people that aren't familiar with the stat... It basically means that the way Cloud9 plays the game after the 15-minute mark is only benefited by a 0.2% towards their total win percentage. Basically, all of the work they do to succeed happens in the first 15 minutes. And either they close it out from there because they do just enough to do so, or they fail miserably and they end up costing themselves the game. That's a concern to me. When a team has proven time and time again that they don't know how to control neutral objectives, even when they have such a big lead at the 15-minute mark on average, that to me is a hole in the game that I find to be a deep concern. It doesn't mean that they can't fix it. As soon as they do, by the way, Cloud9 becomes one of the scariest teams in this league because their numbers in the early game are incredible. But they've got to figure out how to handle it. Uh, with the rest of these things. Walter, where do you think the line is?
0: I have cloud nine at minus 250.
1: Okay, you get this one. Yeah. I said minus 200. It is minus 238, which I think is very fair line. That's Apex at plus 175, which is not quite high enough for me to want to make it a smart money bet, but it's it's interesting. I I would agree. I would agree. Let's move on to a game that's probably less interesting. We can knock these next two, I think, out of the bat. The other starting game on Sunday, NRG versus TSM. One of these teams is TSM. I don't really care who the other team is right now unless their name is Immortals or Cloud9. And last time I checked, NRG is not either of those teams. Where do you see the line, Walter?
0: TSM minus 450.
1: Ah, you get this one. Hey. I'm in trouble here. Hey, hey, I need hey. To, I need to get the next two if I want to win the week. I said minus 400. I, I wasn't sure just because NRG did get a win last week. They've taken at least one win in pretty much every series they've played. Uh, casino doesn't care. It's minus 625 at Unicorn. So there you go. That's NRG plus 400, by the way, which is a plus 400 I shall not be taking.
0: Agreed. I, like I said earlier, I'm not gambling against TSM, period. I, anyone, even Immortals or Cloud9, I'm not gambling against TSM. They look amazing right now. And that's not even me being a homer. That's literally me looking at this team and going, wow, they're playing really, really good League of Legends.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch. And I, I truly am excited to see, you know, this should be one of those things where if they're the TSM that we've seen in the last couple of weeks, they should just roll over a team like NRG. And I think it's up for NRG to prove us wrong and show that they can hang with a team like TSM. I don't particularly see it because I see Hansa versus Quas and I start salivating if I'm a TSM fan, but you never know. Here's one we probably do know. Echo Fox versus Immortals. Where do you think the line is for this, Walter?
0: I, I know I'm too low. I have Immortals minus 500.
1: You are too low, but you're still better than me. So you win the week. Finally. Finally, congratulations. This the streak is over. Finally. It is now 5 to 2 overall on our guess the lines challenge here. Uh we ended up I took Europe, you took North America. That seems only reasonable uh given that that's kind of our areas of expertise respectively. I I don't know, man. I said minus 400 because again, just like the CLG series, I didn't think that we were going to turn on Echo Fox this quickly. Here's where it gets interesting. It's Immortals minus 909. So
0: has has Echo Fox really done anything to make you think that they can take two out of three games against Immortals?
1: It just implies that Immortals would be something like minus 500 against CLG, which I would be surprised if that was actually the line.
0: I wouldn't be. Has CLG done anything to make you think they can win two games against Immortals in a best of three series?
1: I mean, they got second at MSI. Does that count? Can I count that? Or we,
0: no, or, we're not counting that.
1: Uh, no. well, Have they done well,
0: anything in the past two weeks to make you think they can win two games off of Immortals in three?
1: Oh, well then no. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on.
0: I don't give teams credit for what they did at MSI in last split, but...
1: Man, know. I'm sure that you felt the same way when TSM won last year. I'm sure that if we went back through the podcast and heard you talk about TSM after MSI... We would totally hear you writing that off as not mattering. I I believe that a hundred percent.
0: Don't tell me facts. <laughs> I don't want to know the facts.
1: <laughs> that's, that's fair. We'll move on to the, the last series of the week. CLG versus Envious. This is one of those things where I, I feel like the line comes down to how much you like Envious. Walter... You were lower on envious than I am right now. What do you think is CLG's path to victory if they're going to use this as a bounce back game here? Darshan. Darshan,
0: Darshan, Darshan, Darshan. Get him split pushing. Get him on a carry champion. That's your bread and butter, guys. Darshan Jacks. Envious minus 165.
1: Okay. You get this one. I said envious minus 170. Envious minus 125.
0: Come on, Chase. Are they actually good? Yes! You know that they're actually good?
1: Yes, I think Envious is actually good.
0: And yet you only went to minus 170.
1: Yeah, because I knew CLG gets a bump because they're CLG.
0: Hang on one second. If you could see me, folks, right now I have my water cup in my hand, and I'm doing the Kermit the Frog
1: Lipton iced tea <laughs> sip. <laughs> look, I look, I understand that the casinos don't give Envious any credit. I'm not stupid, but I just. I oh, think that G- minus 170 game. isn't giving them credit. <laughs> it's, I'm not, <laughs> okay, let, let me remind you, this is not the guess where you think the line should be if everyone was picking based on your own power rankings, it's where do you think Unicorn is going to place the line? Unicorn has not given Envious credit at all this split. I wasn't expecting it to start now, especially when CLG is a big name. But I would absolutely fight to have Envious at minus 125 as a smart money bet because I think that that's insane. I think Envious is easily going to win that series. I think Envious could 2 0 this series. But I say this because I like Envious. I understand that the casinos don't. I wish I understood why. I guess it's just because they're not a big name, but their objective play has been nearly immaculate. They are a team that understands how to roam around well and by the way lod has the best kda of any 80 carry in north america just throwing that out there even, guy doesn't die
0: even after ray killed him over and over and over again yes
1: even after that wow. he's got a 10 That's point impressive. he's got a 10.9 kda the guy's been on fire they team fight really well they know when to pick fights around objectives they're a good team it's just that people don't care because they've had a very weak strength of schedule so far, and they're not a flashy name. You know, they haven't done it in a flashy way. They don't overpower teams that you think they should overpower. But yeah, it's, it's a 10.1 KDA right now, including, by the way, a 24.0 KDA on Ezreal with 100% win rate on that champion. He has some champions that he has just been a downright beast on. And I think it's about time we start giving them credit for that. I don't know. I, I personally am a big fan of Envious. I just know that the casinos aren't because people like you aren't. So clearly, this was the right way to go. I, I need to see them beat someone. I need to see them actually beat someone good. I'm sorry. Well, here's the problem. If they beat CLG, then we're going to say, oh, well, CLG is at best a 2 and 4 team at that point. They still didn't beat anyone good. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> that is the case. But it's a good thing they play Immortals this week. <laughs> well, that's going to be the real test. And honestly, I'm not sure exactly how this one's going to go. But this is a team that could very easily, you know, even if we think that they're not as good as TSM, Immortals, and, and Cloud9, they'd still finish up the first half of the split six and three. I consider that good. I don't know about you. I would consider that if, if they went two and three in their next five series, they'd be 6 and 3 at the halfway point. I think that's a pretty good place to be when these guys have never played on a team together before.
0: Yeah, no, that's not terrible. I'm not saying that that's not, that that's bad. I'm just saying You're like, saying they're not good. 6 and 3 no is good. No, 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 no. They're I'm clearly not on they're pace for good. I'm putting them against okay, I know what a good team in the, the NALCS is. That is TSM. TSM is a very very good team and as I constantly say over and over again on this podcast The only thing I care about, the only thing that I, if I am a GM of any one of these teams care about the second it hits summer split one, the second that offseason starts, the second MSI is over and I can sign players from other teams, it is, does this team have what it takes to win a regional championship, a domestic championship? Does this team have what it takes to get two worlds? And does this team have what it takes to win a world championship? I am not sold on the first two about Envious yet because they have not played against what I believe are the top three teams in North America. I cannot judge them fairly and compare them to other teams until they play against TSM, Immortals, or Cloud9. That is what I'm waiting for. I'm not saying they're good, bad or good. I'm saying I cannot make a definitive decision about whether I think they are good or bad until I see them play against one of the three best teams in the region because that is what my criteria is. Can they make worlds? Can they win you know, a domestic championship? I don't know that until I see them play against a good team. And when I say good, I'm accenting
1: good. Okay. That, I, that's where I'm coming from. I understand that. I just don't think you accidentally walk into being the best objective team in the league right now. Like, I don't think that happens by mistake. I think that's calculated. I think their team fighting has been incredibly strong. I think that you can only beat the people that are in front of you. And the fact that it's minus 125, like, what could they have done? They beat everyone that was put in front of them. Even Apex, who went 2-0 last week, they got that win. And if it wasn't for Ray just going ham on Jarvin. It probably would have been 3 2 O's. I, t- I don't know. I just feel like we're punishing them severely with that kind of line when it's not their fault that the schedule lined so, up the so, way they did. So take the yeah, So take them to beat CLG. Like Can, can we Can we make can, that a smart money back? I can, can we see agree it happen. Yeah, I can see it okay. happen.
0: I'm okay with that.
1: Envy minus 125 over CLG. Awesome. I am fine with that. I'm, I'm not arguing against
0: that point. I'm arguing about why I am so low on them.
1: See, I would, I would say I like the over two and a half maps in the immortals envious series because i think envious takes a game are you willing to go with me that far no okay
0: no even even though immortals did lose to tsm i'm not willing to go that far okay
1: so where else are we looking for value here
0: we're not going to make a lot of money but i think team liquid over energy yeah that's fair uh, that's not a moneymaker, but I think that's, that's a pretty fair line. I think that's very likely to happen.
1: Yeah, at minus 149, I think that's fair. I, I, you know, honestly, it would, be one of the, it would be different if it was another one of these one-in-three teams because I think Santorin has been playing very, very well. But mm-hmm. against dardok I don't think that matters. I yeah. think the two of them neutralize each other. And at the end of the day, I'd rather have Piglet than any of the other guys in energy right now. Maybe GBM, but I don't think Phoenix is bad.
0: And I, I don't think I don't think GBM is gonna punish Phoenix the way that other laners have been punishing him. I think um. it's just gonna be a very stale, like it's gonna be Victor versus Azir, basically. Um, and yeah, I take Piglet over OQ, like outright. I think they can take advantage of kind of Kiwi Kid's weak laning phase and weak roaming phase. So then it comes down to this. The only two games I would consider. As as like underdog upset. Well, I guess there's three. Cloud nine versus TSM.
1: Uh no, we're not betting against TSM. I'm not betting against I'm, TSM. I'm not letting you do but, that.
0: But but that's that's the only one that I think is even remotely like reasonable possibility. Uh Apex NV, plus
1: 175 over cloud nine. That
0: that was it, that was the one of the three I was gonna bring up or envy over immortals. I feel like we've gone very, very safe with our, our two current lines. If you believe so much in Envy, do you think they beat
1: Immortals? I think they can. I abs- I would put it at, I think they win that series 40% of the time.
0: Okay, how Which often is way they-
1: better than plus 220.
0: How often does Apex beat Cloud9?
1: I could see that being a 50-50. If Apex plays the way that we know they can. The problem with Apex is that they have no objective control. And Cloud9 plays the early game so well that... I have a hard time believing that Apex is just going to figure it out. The the way they would win is if he could hard carry against Impact, and Team Liquid struggles to secure some of these objectives. But the the team strengths don't really match up. I'm happy taking Envious. I got to be honest with you. I like Envious at plus two twenty. I really do. I like this Envious team. All right, let's
0: let's go all in on Envious for you this week. So when they fail next week, I can ta- say I told you so.
1: That's fine you could let's, absolutely let's do that it's absolutely in play and for the record if that happens i'm not going to say like oh my god i i cannot possibly imagine how envious dropped these two series but a plus 220 i think those odds are, are quite nice especially because i don't think immortals has been very good at securing objectives i just don't i think that they win by overpowering people and envious has shown they don't Really get overpowered because they don't really engage in the kind of fights where they can be. They just choke their opponent out. I don't think Immortals likes playing that way. Completely so, fair. Completely fair. So we take Envies minus 125 over CLG, Liquid minus 149 over NRG, Envious plus 220 over Immortals, and this podcast just barely over an hour, at least before cuts, which may make that quote sound a little silly. But you know what? It's a podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, you should definitely check out it and all of our other content. If you go to soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or go on to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast by searching rough drafts there. We really appreciate it. It really helps with our algorithms and all that jazz. Plus you get to make sure that you get every single one of our episodes. All of our guests, the lines content can be found on slingshotesports.com, the proud presenters of this podcast. We love working with these guys. They're doing tons of interviews, tons of articles all the time across all of your favorite esports, League of Legends and otherwise. So you should definitely go check them out if you haven't already. And you should check us out on the social media. If you like live tweeting, you should follow at Rough Drafts Pod where we tweet out every episode we do, as well as live tweeting throughout all of the different games uh, in Europe and North America, LCS. And you can also find our personal accounts. I'm at RedShirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at c underscore LOL. Awesome. Come back next week. We're going to try to get an interview for you guys. We're going to try to plan a little bit more uh, ahead of time so we can make sure that things fall in line and we can get you guys that extra little bit of content. Uh, we are also going to come back next week, of course, Wednesday for the European Guest the Lions podcast, Thursday for the North American one. We'll see if I get to have bragging rights over Walter and my envious bets come through, or if I look like a complete moron. Either way, it's going to be fun to watch. And until then, goodbye, Internet.